before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and as always, I am so delighted to have the opportunity to spend some time with you today. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to share a quote that I just read that actually resonated a ton with me. And it says, no one has ever become poor by giving. And those beautiful words were spoken by the one and only Anne Frank. Now, in this episode, I sit down with Megan Cruz. Now, I want to tell you, this girl is about getting stuff done. Her day today, actually the day we recorded, got a little jumbled around. So she happened to have to do this interview from her parked car. So you may or may not hear some traffic in the background every once in a while. Now, Megan and I chatted up about some unique aspects of guest experience, and this is a convo that will have your next five-star review right under your nose. So without further ado, let's dive into my convo with Megan. So today we are joined by Megan Cruz, and we are going to talk about all things design. Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So first, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're located. Sure. I am first and foremost a mom and a wife. I always try to put that before everything else, but we're located in Michigan. Um, I'm a real estate agent. I kind of do a little bit of everything. I have a design firm where I help short-term renters set up and help with branding, any questions that they have with setting up their business and just making sure that the design, their idea for the end goal of their property is cohesive with what their big picture is and make sure that it's a profitable idea. And then we also own a flower farm, which is totally unrelated, but always trying to keep busy over here. And then we're in Southeast Michigan. And as of right now, we own one short-term rental near Higgins Lake, Michigan. And then we've actually, we use the profits from that one to purchase a vacant lot this year. So we'll be building our next one within the next year or so. How fun. I love it. So it does sound like you have your hands in a lot of different things, which I love as serial entrepreneur. Talk to me about how you got into the world of short-term rentals to begin with and how you started designing properties? Sure. To get into short-term rentals was actually, it was a pipe dream for us. My husband and I traveled quite a bit 
when we first got married and when we first started dating. And we rented several Airbnbs. And every single time we went to one, we kept having this laundry list of things that, okay, if we had one, I bet we could do this better. Or I wish they had this here. And we would always leave. And then I don't know if you ever do this when you go on vacation, but we would look for everything that was for sale around the place we were staying if we liked the area. And so we finally sat down after a few years of doing that and got to talking about how we could actually make it happen. So we ended up buying a a lake cottage and just kind of really just we were winging it with the first one to make sure that we knew what we were doing, but we wanted it to be great. I have perfectionist tendencies, so (laughs) it had to be had to be to my standard before we listed it on the market. And that was an adventure. It was really fun. And then through real estate, I was constantly getting asked by my clients, hey, you know, we'll be repainting the whole house. What do you recommend here? And a lot of it, we focus a lot in our family on sustainability and healthy choices, just kind of as one of our core values. But most of my clients know that they've probably all heard my lecture about clean drinking water and air quality and all sorts of different things. So they started asking, you know, what color is best in this direction of a bedroom or for a child? What color is best for an office? What materials should I use for this, this, and this? And I realized after a couple of years of doing that for free, I probably needed to charge for it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so I started doing that part-time and I've been able to do several Airbnbs and helping. I really enjoy helping new construction clients and remodels as well. So do anything from uh, new construction, finish selection to just decor and staging. But it's been it's been an adventure. It's fun. Well, it sounds like you and I have a lot in common with looking for properties for sale while we're on vacation. Uh, Yes, I am totally (laughs) guilty. And in fact, Just this past weekend, we were traveling to Tennessee, and it was one of the first times that I have not looked at real estate while I was on a getaway, but I was traveling with with other people. I was there for a wedding, so I felt like it would be a little tacky to leave the wedding to go look at a property. (laughs) (laughs) Totally understandable. There you go. And I always say about myself that I'm a recovering perfectionist. I like how you say you have perfectionist tendencies. <laughs> and, you know, it is difficult to get over that. And I do understand, obviously, wanting to have your property just amazing and beautiful before you list it. And I'm sure your guests appreciate that great attention to detail as well. You mentioned a little bit about making healthy choices in sustainability. I want to ask you about that in a few moments, but first I want to just get your perspective on the art of guest experience, because I hear so many folks say, especially in the design world about creating an experience for your guests. Now I might have an inkling of what I believe that to mean in my own mind, but I am not a designer by trade. So I'm curious to get your philosophy on the art of guest experience and what it actually means to you. Sure. So I always look at things kind of as a big picture and I always coach all of my clients to look at their 
rental as a business first. So we start with that and we kind of work with, okay, what's your end goal with the property? How much do you need to return every single month? What's your long-term goal? Are you looking to use this property to fund your next purchase? And we do a little bit, little bit of business coaching up front. And then just based on what that budget is, that is left to look at design as an investment rather than an expense, we will kind of break down what is available to them. So as soon as we go through the back end piece of making sure that the business is set up properly and all of that type of thing, we make sure that we talk about if you were a guest in the in the home that you're setting up, how would you want things to look? How would you want it to feel? What are some extra amenities that you might like? Often we focus on materials. There's a lot of different layers to a customer experience, in my opinion. When you look at design, there's a tactile experience, there's a visual experience. You have to make sure that the location smells really good. I personally stayed at one that was decorated to the nines. It was beautiful, but it just had, it was a lake house and it had that musty kind of mildewy scent in it. And to me, because I, I focus on those things more and I kind of have that more creative personality. That's the part that sticks with me. So I always use that as, a, that as an example to just remember that when we set up a property, you want to hit all of those senses. You want to leave the customer remembering that and remembering their stay and referring other people to that. And I think that through design and using cues from where the property is located, and buying some things that are local and quirky and giving it some personality, you can really elevate that experience and leave them walking away, giving you a five-star review at the end. Fabulous. I love that you're talking about, you know, materials as a tactile experience or the design as a visual experience. I have to tell you, I've never really thought about the olfactory experience, you know, what the <laughs> property smells like, but it is so true. And I think it's a really important call out to talk about is the experience that someone has through their nose the moment they walk in the door is indeed something that they will remember. I'm curious to get your perspective on a property, maybe a lake property that may have an old musty smell. What are your recommendations for combating that musty smell and and creating a property that, that smells amazing when someone walks in? Sure. So I actually, I in addition to running our businesses, I work for a sustainability consultant part-time just so that I can learn more about all of the sustainable and healthy materials and to be able to submerse myself kind of in that field. So I've, I've learned a lot from doing that and we work on a lot of air testing. And the biggest thing with scents is that if the air is pure, it shouldn't smell like anything. If, if the space is clean, it shouldn't have a, an odor at all, good or bad. So I, with that type of thing, if it smells musty or anything like that, I always try to find the source of it whether that be an interior source, like a pipe that has been leaking over an extended period of time, or just, you know, moisture that's gathered over the years, just because it is near a lake and windows have been opened. And maybe it's just overall, you know, a carpet or rug or something like that. That's an easy fix. So we kind of start with the most obvious things. 
and then one of the very first things I recommend to everyone, whether it's for short-term rental or not, when they buy a property is to immediately, to immediately change the air filter always. That usually makes a huge difference. Sometimes people forget that and you'll end up, you know, you're smelling odors from years ago and people have, it's still without cleaning the air filter and then cleaning the vents out, you're still breathing in dust and particles that have been kind of building up there for years. So doing those two things are huge. And then as far as leaving a pleasant odor and something that I don't remember what the percentage is. I read a study before that what talked about like what percentage of your memory is based off of your olfactory sense and or senses. And it's, it's interesting, like if, if you smell a certain scent, you can, like for me, a certain candle or a, my mom always had this like pumpkin spice. It was a really, really specific candle burning and it was through my whole childhood. It's always been the same. And to this day, her house still smells like that. But if I smell it anywhere else, even my husband now, after all these years, as soon as he smells it, it's, well, it smells like your mom. Mm -hmm. And that's always a warm, comforting, cozy scent to me. So I always try to think of, okay, this is a, and to your example, a lake property, how do I, how would I remember that? And that would be warm and cozy without leaning to, I always recommend do not use Febreze type air fresheners. Don't use any of those plugins. They're extremely toxic to you. Actually, they can flare up allergies. They can cause a whole host of issues and I mean, one of the worst things that you can do is go on vacation and then think it's going to be a pleasant experience and end up sneezing the whole time you're there because something that you're unaware of within the space is flaring up your, your allergies. So I always avoid that stuff, but anything with essential oils or I always put reed diffusers in, in my locations and all the properties I work on because they last a long time. They don't contain any harmful chemicals and they're generally very well receptive by most people. Unless you're extremely, extremely sensitive to things like that, you're generally not going to have a reaction to a reed diffuser. So that's, if you're looking to put scent into a space, I always lean towards those. That is great information. And I, I'm going to tell you a quick story about that scent and how it can really trigger memories. My and I'm going to go totally off the short-term rental topic <laughs> for a hot minute, but I just, it that really, really resonates with me. And I'll tell you two quick stories. My mom actually passed away. Gosh, let me think about this. It was almost 18 years ago. So she's been gone a, a very long time, but I'll never forget actually the night that she passed away. I went into her closet and I just stood there and smelled her clothes because to your point, you know, that was my mom, you know, it was, it allowed me to kind of think about being with her if I could smell her. And I know people might be listening right now and going, wow, this girl is cray cray, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think it's sense. so powerful and to your point, if somebody walks into a property and it smells like must or dust or dog or, you know, whatever the case might be, even if a property is gorgeously designed, it's not going to 
actually have the long-standing positive impact that we want. Right, exactly. And I'm sorry to hear about your mom. I know it doesn't doesn't always, you know, get any easier no matter how long it's been, but I hope you've been able to find whatever that smell is that you can bring back those memories. I tell you, thank you. And I, you know, one other kind of funny story. I mean, it's not funny, but it is. I was in, of all places, big lots about a year after she passed away. And I was minding my own business, you know, shopping for whatever was on sale. I don't really know what I was looking for. But someone walked by me that was wearing the same perfume that my mom wore. And I instantly broke down like a blubbering idiot. (laughs) Because again, it just hit me in the face. And it was it instantly took me back to, you know, how much I missed her. And mm-hmm. obviously this podcast, I, I'm not going to, you know, hijack it and start talking about my mom. But I think that olfactory approach to customer or guest experience is something that's I've never heard of before and I think is really, really powerful. So kudos to you for, you know, leaning into that and, you know, not only creating beautiful spaces from a design perspective, but making sure that anything that is used to create an a scented experience is one that is not going to be harmful, is one that, you know, will not challenge anyone's allergies. You know, that that's a big deal for a lot of people. And so... I love the reed diffusers. I love the essential oils. That's great. This podcast is brought to you in part by InHaven. You know, it seems obvious, but it's true. Guests feel more comfortable and are more likely to recommend your property when they feel like they're well taken care of. InHaven is your one-stop shop for hosting essentials like hypoallergenic sheets, luxe towels, durable kitchenware, And oh, my friends, do they have all the decorative accents. And all of InHaven's products will make your property feel like it's a true getaway for anyone that stays. Now, InHaven also makes shopping for your rental so much fun because it's so easy and way more affordable than driving all over town. Plus, sign up is free for all short-term rental hosts. And to say thank you for listening to my podcast, you can now get $50 off your first order. All you have to do is go to inhaven.com backslash sister, start shopping, and enter the code sister at checkout to snag your 50 bucks off. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back into the podcast. Where are your favorite places to purchase? things like reed diffusers and essential oils? Yeah, I uh, generally for stuff like that, I guess it's it's definitely budget sensitive. So there's a few, I always try to shop small and local when I can. There's a few places that I will buy. There's online boutiques that have the all natural essential oils and they use those. So the name escapes me of the most recent one that I bought, but I always try to find the ones that are they're pure. They're just a, a single scent. They're not a, if you go through the ingredients, it shouldn't say fragrance oil because that's actually a chemical. It should just say pure, 
you know, whatever the scents are that you choose. But I often will just buy those. And then I've even seen there's a brand at Target that is, it's less expensive. It's probably a quarter of the price of what a lot of the natural ones are. So you can, you can almost afford, you know, even on a shoestring budget to stick it in bathrooms or a mud room where you might get like some of those wet odors and things like that just to make sure that it, it smells good. But I mean, as long as you're looking for, I guess I wouldn't even say I have a favorite place to get them. I more so look at client's budget and then what the, what the ingredients are. So as long as there's nothing that seems that says, you know, fragrance oil or artificial is a big keyword that I look for, that I avoid. So as long as it doesn't have any of those keywords in it and it smells nice, I will read reviews and, and try it out. And I've actually, not to, you know, shameless plug myself, but we've been looking at doing a line of them because you obviously don't want to have candles in a short-term rental. So mm-hmm. And that's a big thing that I've talked to other people about. And we, we've had some clients who they're like, well, why don't you sell candles? Or can we take, you know, can we bring a candle? Can we do this? Like, our rental is, it's all cedar boards. And it's in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're several hours from my house. It's a fire hazard. No. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah. so we've looked at doing a line of them through our design business, because that's a huge question I've been asked a lot is, you know, where do I find this stuff and how do I find it where it's affordable? So currently in the mix of learning how to make all of those things. So, so fun. Yeah. Who knew we were going to be talking about our nerves? <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. So I want to kind of keep on this train and, you know, obviously creating a standout guest experience for you means, uh, you know, I heard you say approaching all the senses. I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, what some of your, besides the, the read diffusers, what are some of your favorite ways to create a standout guest experience at a property or even a standout property in general? What, how do you approach you know, kind of creating a memorable property from your design perspective? Yeah. So my, my educational background is, so my undergrad is in business, but I actually went back and I got my master's in construction management. And through that program, I did a lot of, a lot of papers. So every, I love writing. So every option that I had to research a topic that was interesting to me and write about it or present it, I did. A lot of that I focused on using different materials for design. I read a ton of studies about the ways to design a space and to finish it, you know, the the finished portion of construction, whether it be commercial or residential for people that are, you know, that have sensory processing disorders, which is a topic that's near and dear to me. My my son actually has ADHD and he, so we've always worked with him with a lot of that type of thing. So a, a big piece that I've learned through that is that there is several different ways to approach design to kind of hit everyone, even if they suffer from, you know, or not even suffer, it's a, you know, a bad choice of words, but if they if they live with a sensory process, processing disorder or 
they're easily overstimulated and things like that because I've been there and I've been, you know, on vacation and taken my son to an extremely bright colored location. And it's just, there's just too much going on for him and it, it's overwhelmed everyone. So I, I always kind of try to focus on calm and neutral colors and doing as much as I love, you know, a pop of yellow or, you know, different things like that. I focus on a lot of greens and blues and you know, lighter walls and exposed woods and things like that to to kind of bring the outdoors in. So it's a biophilic design approach, but I focus a lot on that. I've gotten a lot of really good reviews from people that I have helped walk through that experience as far as just, you know, little tidbits of coaching or how to choose a color combination through their home or for their rental that makes it feel like it stands out without being overwhelming because you the I think the best reviews we've gotten were the ones where people said I truly felt like it was a home away from home it felt comfortable it felt like when when we went to turn in at the end of the day it was somewhere I wanted to be so I've kind of focused on a lot of those specific principles just bringing the the outdoors in and making sure to choose you know, to the point of hitting the different senses, kind of try. So for visual, I like all the natural colors, exposed woods, and then a lot of stone or cement accents. And then I do a ton of faux floral in in all of them just to make sure there's enough greenery. If the property manager is up to it, or if you're self-managing, I'll put a real plant in, but I don't ever want somebody to walk into a dead plant. So, Oh girl, um, (laughs) I, I have a special talent of killing a plant faster than anyone known to man. It's a challenge. It really is. No, I love that. I love that. And you know, I think there is something to be discussed here about making a property feel like a home away from home versus I'm using air quotes around the word manufactured, a manufactured experience. And it's interesting to hear you talk about color in that way and bringing, you know, the exterior inside. When you think about that, do you just mean blues and greens, like blue for the sky and green for the grass? Or If someone were listening and thinking, okay, I love that idea, but how in the heck do I do that? What would be your recommendation? Sure. Yeah. So biophilic design in general, there's a lot of different components to it, but the biggest thing is using those natural colors. So not just blues and greens. In Michigan, most of ours are, it's a lot of, you know, water, so blue. And then obviously there's a lot of trees. There's especially where our rental is. And a lot of my clients, they're surrounded by green. So I often use that as a kind of a repeating theme. So the thought is to me, if you're looking, if you're standing in the space and looking out a window, there shouldn't be a really hard, you know, cut off of your line of sight. There should like a big color contrast. So just yellow as an example, just because I love yellow, but and it's very stark compared to some of the other more natural toned down colors. If you have got a bright yellow wall and then, you know, a bright white trim, and then it lends to, you're looking through the window and it's straight outside, 
that can feel like you're more disconnected from the outdoors versus if you bring in and you can even use bright colors but you've got to keep that greenery or those colors from outside coming in and in some more southern properties you can you know get into like the deep reds and browns and you know more of that desert type i always see like a I don't even know it's called like a california southern california type style that seems to be pretty in with a lot of properties that are in arizona and things like that and it's just it's just a very very simple color palette but it's really striking and it's really comforting and it's got some reds and pinks and but it's mostly white so there's different ways to do that but if i guess my biggest recommendation would be to just take a if you're stumped on how to approach it if from the first step take some hints on color palette design and kind of your overall approach just by taking taking it in taking a moment to soak in the property and the area around you you know if the if you're in a, a southern arizona town you know visit visit the town around where the property's at and pick up a couple things that are local pick up a sign from a local coffee shop or a couple bags of local coffee and then kind of incorporate those colors and you can really make it more of a customer experience you know and it's still got those natural elements interesting interesting you know i bought a beach property last year that i ended up probably incorporating what you are referring to. I do have a consistent color palette in all of my beach properties, but I found it so challenging because this particular property had reds and browns and I was at the beach and I was really stumped with, okay, I'm not replacing all the furniture here. How am I going to make this place feel coastal and beachy, but still incorporate? I got rid of the reds. Okay. Did you? Yep. I put those items up on Facebook Marketplace so fast and it turned out just fine. But, you know, it is interesting in hearing you talk about this. I think that's probably what I was longing for without having the education uh, behind me to say why I was feeling that way. So cool. So cool. <laughs> and this is great. I want to just ask you really quickly to, if someone is listening and thinking, okay, this approach to design sounds really exciting. And I already have a property. I already have it designed. How can I utilize my existing items, but kind of refresh the property. Is there a way to do this over time? Or is it your recommendation that if someone wants to utilize this design approach that they go cold turkey, if you will, do everything at once? I think you can absolutely incorporate it. And it's it's really, it's not as complicated as it seems. And maybe I just say that from a, a place of having done it several times. But I think that again, you could probably make a drinking game out of the number of times I'm going to say tactile today, <laughs> but <laughs> focusing on, on those type of items. So if you, if you get a comfortable, you know, put some big throw pillows on the couch in the, the theme that you're going towards that are really comfortable where people, 
so a big thing in our property, I searched high and low for the sheets that I wanted. And I cannot tell you how many people have reached out and left a review and then sent a message and said, I need to know where you got your sheets to the point where I have actually stocked several sizes of the same sheets in one of the linen closets so that people can just take them home. So it's a really big thing for me just to kind of start with that. Make sure everything is really comfortable. Make sure that everything is high quality. You know, if you started out on a shoestring budget and had to buy the $20 sheet set instead of the $60 sheet set, maybe just upgrade those items slowly. Start with, you know, making sure that the things that are frequently used don't look beat up and make sure that you've got extra of different things in the property because there's, there's nothing worse than getting a message from somebody and saying, at least from my perspective, you know, being that I am in some cases the one installing some of these things, getting a text saying, hey, you know, we didn't budget for an extra comforter or for this or that, and this one has a stain, and now you're you're in a panic because you need it immediately. So I would say to that note, certain things when you do replace them, make sure that you've got extra on hand also. And it makes it to the client experience. Again, I think it makes it feel more luxurious that you're not, you know, you're not dealing with the host, you're not dealing with the property manager, that you're able to just one question and you can have something fixed right then and there. There's an extra something there for you. So from a tactile experience, I think doing those things is really important. And then from a healthy and sustainable approach, I always recommend people use chemical-free soaps and cleaning products when they can. We always provide all the cleaning products in the units that I do for the cleaners, just so that if somebody has a question, an allergy, a sensitivity, what have you, I can say, you know, these things were washed with this free and clear specific healthier brand of soap, or we source this soap locally from a, a wholesale refill station and it's made with all natural products. It shouldn't irritate your skin. So I, I think that those small changes you can start making with a really small budget and then replacing artwork it from you know, just a, a simple standpoint, replacing artwork does wonders, leaving, you know, little, little niches of cute items that are floral and maybe a book that someone can pick up and read or something like that. Just adding little cozy spaces like that is a huge upgrade for a lot of properties I've looked at. And so you can do that, you know, all year round. You don't have to wait until for the lake properties till the end of the summer and then look at profits and see where you stand and budget a two or $3,000 upgrade, you can spend a hundred dollars here and there and you can make a huge impact. Love that. Love it. Okay. I want to move into the lightning round. And so what I'm going to ask you to do, Megan, is just answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. First question is where is your favorite place to vacation? Oh, Probably Higgins Lake. I think I'm partial to it because <laughs> that's where my rental is. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, Higgins Lake, Michigan. So if you're outside of Michigan, but looking to visit, I 12 out of 10 would recommend <laughs> stopping by. I love it. Okay. And what's one place you've never been that you want to visit? Not in the country, but Italy. That's on the 
very mm-hmm. top of my list. I actually, Please. I have two, Italy and Alaska. But, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Which do you think you're going to get to first? Alaska. And we were supposed to go, actually, not to go off on a tangent, but we were supposed to go this year for my five-year wedding anniversary. And my daughter is, she just turned four, and she is glued to my hip. And in order to experience it there, you need to go for at least a week, if not mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. And we went back and forth. We booked the flights and everything. And she kept saying, I can't believe you're going without me. So we've postponed. <laughs> I can't leave her for that long. So I think we're looking at maybe next year. Cool. Yeah. All right. What's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in your business? Hands down to make sure that you vet your cleaning company over and over again to make sure that they are exactly what you want. Because without that, I think think the cleaning company is the backbone of your business. And without a good one, your reviews are going to suffer. I think I understood that to some capacity when I started, but I don't think I realized how much my reviews would hinge on that. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, that's a really good one probably just to focus on small wins. And I think that that applies to anything in life, really. I think that if, if there's anything that you want to do, whether it's, you know, start a rental, start a business, or, you know, just start a small project that you've been staring at forever, I think just focusing on breaking it into little small tasks, and then winning those small pieces are huge. So for a lot of people with the short-term rental topic that my clients have always looked at the initial investment as a huge hurdle. And oftentimes they can't get past that. So I think, you know, focusing on setting little goals and putting $500 away here or being creative and finding, you know, that's a whole different conversation, but finding creative financing, you know, just little steps and then making sure to remember to celebrate them too, as you hit them all. I think that's that supported me for a long time and I think has has really been invaluable. Amen to that. Amen to that. I love that. <laughs> and I'm huge into celebrating wins as well. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that we do every night, not every night, every Monday night during our STR Success Accelerator call. That's the first thing we do is celebrate wins together. Because unless we are recognizing the progress that we're making, it's Mm -hmm. really difficult to uh, stay focused on the prize. You know what I mean? It It can be easy to go down tangents and challenges. And while we all do experience challenges, you know, taking a moment to, again, just celebrate the the small victories is hugely impactful. Love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What is one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? Oh, I love that question. I would say, I mean, definitely, can I choose three? I would say probably my husband and my kids, but my, my husband holds a a special place right now because with all of the businesses and juggling everything and we've got a million things going on with our property just opening for the season and it just it this time of year always feels so busy but never ever hesitates to step in and help and 
do all of my crazy projects or <laughs> encourage me to chase anything that that I, you know, that I come up with. So he's definitely my biggest cheerleader. I love that. Shout out to the hubby. I love it. <laughs> Megan, if someone wants to learn more about you or how you might be able to potentially help them with their own short-term rental, where can they find you online? I'm on mostly Instagram, I would say. Just head to Instagram for anything like that. The handle is Meg Cruz Realtor. I actually haven't I haven't changed it to my design business because I with all the algorithms and tags and all of that, it bumped me right down for real estate. <laughs> but I don't want to have two. So I I am found there. Very good. So Meg Cruz Realtor, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Megan, thank you so much again for being with us. It was such a delight to talk with you and I'm sure we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me again. I appreciate it. Now, before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to the amazing women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. My friends, we have 39,000 women from all around the world who eat, sleep, breathe, and talk about short-term rentals each and every day. And I wanted to share a post that was just posted by Brittany Jagger about six hours ago at the time of this recording. And it says, I have a property I help with where the owner allows small events like baby showers and reunions as long as everyone departs by 9 p.m. A guest is asking about bringing a bounce house. My gut immediately says no, but want to get your feedback and thoughts. And we had six amazing ladies share their perspectives. Jennifer Costa wrote, does the property have event insurance and require the guest to purchase event insurance, naming the property as a beneficiary? Insurance companies are very prickly about what is covered and things that your homeowner's insurance on your primary residence wouldn't fuss about are routine exclusions from short-term rentals. There were two hosts recently who were looking at having a bounce house on the property as a feature for guests who couldn't find any short-term rental insurance in their state that would cover their property and they were in two separate states. So it might or might not be something you can add coverage for. The reason they cost so much to rent despite being relatively easy to stock and set up is because the insurance on them is astronomical. Jennifer, thank you so much for such a robust answer to Brittany. And Brittany, thanks for posting and hopefully that feedback was helpful. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. I am so thankful for each of you. And just again, thank you for letting me be a part of your journey. I will see you soon. Okay, sister, are you ready to start making your short-term rental dreams a reality, but feeling lost, stuck, or just overwhelmed? Here's what I know for sure. You deserve everything you're dreaming of, and you deserve to get it with ease, support, and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life 
with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance, and start living your short-term rental dream, you need to watch this masterclass. Head over to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar right now to start watching. That's stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar, and I will see you there.